Keep on keeping on. Life's a garden, dig it? You make it work for you. You never give up, man. That's my philosophy. Welcome back to Legendary Mindset. I am your host, Jake P. Richardson. And this has been a big couple of weeks for our stock shows. The Oklahoma State Fair makeup show happened. Uh, The State Fair of Texas made their show happen. And Tulsa starts this week. And I think it's uh, very refreshing to see all these shows happening because, you know, it gives us a really good reason to be optimistic about how this winter and spring will possibly go down. Uh, But I was able to record a post-sort episode with our Dallas judges, Jimmy Davis and Barrett Carlisle. That will be out this week. And also, don't forget to check with Barrett Media's other podcasts, The Show with Cannon Brown, The Keeper Pen with Jenna Wheeler and Maddie Caldwell, and Cattle Pros with Jake Scott. They've put together some really good content, and y'all should check it out. Also, Legendary Mindset is going to have some sponsorships available. We'll offer ad space per episode, so shoot me a message on Facebook or a text if you're interested and want some more info, Uh, but this week's episode is with Douglas Bean, and I've been trying to get Douglas to do his interview for a while, and we finally got him to say yes and sit down and do it. He listens to every single episode, and his turned out really, really good, so I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. hunting cabin in um, Sonora, Texas at your family's ranch. We just got done looking at some show animals. Um, but is this where you guys have always called home? No, actually not. We hadn't been here but a few years. Really? Yes. Yeah. Mainly I mainly grew up over in Ozona. Okay. So you, you do have, I know you have property out there where you yes. keep some does. Is that the same yeah. property? You yes. Guys, yep. Your family owned for, yeah. for a while? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you grew up in, grew up in Ozona. What'd your What'd your family do? Uh, ranching, mainly raising uh, Rambouillet sheep and Angus cattle. Really? How many yeah. acres did they have when you were growing up? I guess. I. I Fair guess. Huh? Well, I, I know I don't. Have, I don't have a very good guess. It was enough to keep us very busy, though. Oh, yeah. You know, we we had two or three different places and, and quite a bit of leased land, so mm-hmm. we. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a hobby. It was a full time. It was that's what yeah. Lifestyle. It was our life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Rambley sheep. I mean, you hear about uh, the Rambley sheep and the and the uh, Angora goats just being absolutely huge mm-hmm. in this part of mm-hmm. Texas mm-hmm. in that time. It's it's amazing how quickly they became obsolete. Yeah. You know, the, I mean, it's our our ranching doesn't even resemble what it was as mm-hmm. I was growing up. It's just different. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you guys have any Angora goats or anything like that? Very few, very few. Most of the Angora goats were more kind of east and south of us. Yeah. So when you're talking about how quickly they became, I guess, or obsolete or irrelevant, is is yeah. there a time that you can pinpoint when that happened? You know, a, a lot of it had to do with when the incentive went away. Mm-hmm. That that was the that was the start of the end of it, and then it just got to where the expenses were so high mm-hmm. for all the work that had to be put into it. It just required so many people. And so, when the the incentive you're talking about, I think we've heard about that just a little bit. But so basically, that allowed you to get a a quite a bit bigger percentage of money for your wool than the the buyers were willing to give you as an incentive from the government, right? Uh, actually, it was it was off of tariff money. Tariff money. So uh, it was it was totally self funded, and 
well, I don't, I don't want to get too far into that because I'll just confuse myself. But yeah, no, it, it was, it was, uh, it paid for itself mm -hmm. initially until they moved the money somewhere else, and then it started looking like it was a gift from the government. Okay. So what what year did they quit doing that? I guess was that right around '90s sometime. It was in the '90s sometime. I would say I'd, uh, the time gets away from me. I'm not real sure. Yeah. So as they became more obsolete, I'm, I'm sure less people and less and less people started raising them. What what mm -hmm. do you think filled those filled the void? That oh, uh, in in our part of the world, the Darpers did, and, and I guess the the Borgos were kind of initially, but the Darpers were probably more suited for commercial commercially in our area. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So let's jump back a little bit, back to you know when you were growing up. So I mean, it was a lifestyle, and people who live it know exactly mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, you live, eat, and breathe it. Um, did you ever get any involved in any activities growing up, or was it just you know we're here working with dad? You know, no, we were very uh, involved uh, roping. Okay. We, we roped a lot, and uh, competitively. Yes. Really. Yeah, yeah, and that was you know that was just what consumed our every thought and. It kind of had to wean herself from that after, after I uh, got married and had, <laughs> had to settle down. Had to come to the real world. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. So uh, were you guys traveling, going to rodeos here and there? Or was it yes? Really? Yeah. How tough was that? Oh, it, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, it was. It was a blast. What was your just calf roping? Yeah. Calf roping and team roping. Which you know Which part did you do? You head or the, heel? The healing. Healing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever? What was the farthest you went from one of those, one of those uh, rodeos? I guess. Distance wise, yeah. I don't. I guess as far away as I went, we went to Cheyenne one year. Okay. And that was that was as far as I went. Whole family involved in it. Uh yeah, every everybody was well. Mother and dad drug us everywhere, mm -hmm. but both of my brothers and I were yes. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty cool. Like I, I mean, there are people rodeo where I grew up, but in Texas, it's so huge. And it's, you know, it's a sport, basically. Mm -hmm. But it's it's really cool to kind of see, you know, there's so many people that make this a sport. But in, in all honesty, all those 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 games you're, they're playing out there and all those events, 100% real world. I mean, especially for you guys who are cattle <laughs> yeah. ranching. Yeah, uh, kind of how I see it was back then, not everybody, but predominantly it was all agricultural people that mm -hmm. were doing the, the roping. But... Not long after that, it changed. Now, we're the, those guys are athletes these mm -hmm. days. I mean, they come from many any form of life, mm -hmm. and uh, they, uh, yeah, no, those guys are true athletes now. We were just a bunch of kids having fun. Yeah, I think you know maybe you, I don't know if you took it for granted as a kid, but I mean just just thinking about that, not only your livelihood and what you guys did every day was that, but it was the funnest thing you could. Oh yeah, doing yeah. free time too. Yeah, yeah. and st still the, the kid pops out in me chasing these goats around with my little cotton rope. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did you go to college? Uh, yes, I went to th I went to a few of them, but uh, I ended up graduating from Tarleton. Okay, where'd you start? I started at A and M. Okay, I went to A and M for a year, and then went to Angelo for a couple of years, and then to Tarleton. Yeah. How many years did it take you total? Only five. Only five. Only five. There you go. I mean, that's for three schools transferring that much. I mean, that's yeah. five is good. Well, it was. <laughs> so what was? It's not as good as it could be. <laughs> for sure. So I mean, what what was your goal when you went into college? Did you just 
want a degree and come home or pretty much because i knew I, I i knew what i was going to do yeah. and uh i uh I did. I did want a degree, and uh, whenever I, I first went to school, I was in agriculture and got down there and was taking the classes. And it, it, it I thought I knew too much. It didn't relate to being real world mm-hmm. for our part of the world. So it's frustrated you just, a little bit. Just kind of uh, uh, gravitated more toward the business school part of it. So when by the time you, that. by the time you graduated, what was your major? Business. Business completely. Just, yeah, just general business. Really. Yeah. Um, so you graduate in five years. Mm-hmm. Come home to your family ranch and just kind of mm-hmm. get to work. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. What was what was everyday life for you at that point? Just what was your job to do there? Uh, it's different every day. You know, I mean, from from uh, gathering livestock, we were we had several ranches very scattered out, and we we traveled quite a bit through the day yeah Yeah. and uh just tending to stock just pretty much tending to stock and (laughs) keeping all the trying to keep all the waters going for sure yeah sure do you guys ever get into any kind of sort of farming or was it all just no it's all just ranching we we don't uh in in our area that it's extremely limited the farms Mm -hmm. it's too much rock yeah yeah yeah, it's pretty hilly and rocky those poor guys that farm it, they they got to really want to farm. What what could you farm if you just really just tried to? Make you know, it? there there's a couple of guys that raised a little, tried to raise a little wheat, and a guy down on the river put in some alfalfa, mm-hmm. and uh, that's all I know of. That's it. Gotcha. Yeah. So when did you meet your wife? At Tarleton. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So you all yeah. you all there at the same time? You have a class together or something? Or just no, uh, actually. She's a twin, and I met her sister first, <laughs> and uh, was uh, any, anyway that that's how we met at school. Really? Yeah. So, what, what was her major? What was she and Did you guys have similar interests? Or? Not really. <laughs> Not really at all. <laughs> no, she was she's a social worker. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Hit it off completely. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. How soon after you met, did you get married? Maybe a year or so. Wow. Yeah. That's good. You guys are still together. And yeah. Rock and roll. How many years have you been married? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> 37. <laughs> I think it's 37. I was trying to do the math in my head. We got married in 83. So. Yeah, you're right. I'm that glad, was, I'm glad you asked because I've, I've got <laughs> we've got an anniversary coming up. The, the pause was to calculate, not because you <laughs> forgot exactly what it was. Thank so. you. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> so you get married in a year. You move back to um, to raise livestock and ranch with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, when do kids? You're an only child, right, Alex? Yes. So yes. when? When? How soon after did Allie show up? Mm, the store, five years. The yeah. drop her off. Five years. Five years. You had five years of bliss, and then. <laughs> <laughs> so Allie was born. Yes. And then, so it was kind of a similar situation. You guys were just raising cattle down in Arizona, and pretty much rest, mainly sheep. Okay. Mainly sheep. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, 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 yeah. Sheep, yeah. Yeah. So, you, did you show any sheep growing up? At all? No, just locally. Locally. Yeah. Yeah. Was there was, um, like market lamb shows or breeding? I mean, breeding sheep were pretty. You know, ours was all just like market lambs. Market lambs it okay. didn't. There. 
in our my little limited sphere, there was not any breeding yeah. stuff. I'm sure they had them at the at the livestock shows. Yeah. So you just show it like your county fair and local. Yeah, yeah. Local just our shows? just our local show and uh, went to San Antonio my my senior year. Really? Yeah. How'd that go? <laughs> Well, it was quite entertaining. We uh, uh, we played basketball in Kermit and then drove all night to San Antonio to show my fine wool lamb and got classed out. So that was that was my experience at a major stock show. <laughs> and you said never again will I walk into one of these barns. <laughs> yeah. Well, not exactly, but it was it was good. Yeah, just an experience. I mean, it was. It was. It was yeah. My 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 brother uh, went to several shows after that, but mm-hmm. but. Uh, I didn't participate in any of them. For sure. So, I mean, we all know you've raised goats, and you still mm-hmm. do, and that's kind of why we're why we're here right now. Mm-hmm. So, when did did you ever really see yourself going towards the goat direction and and enjoying it when you guys were raising sheep? You know, no, not that that was never even a consideration. Really? That yeah, that uh, we 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 raised sheep. We didn't. The goats were just kind of an accident that. We uh, just ended up with ended up with yeah, uh, so we were we were uh, shipping lambs, and uh, I forget how old Alexandra was, but I was I was told that she needed some show goats, and we didn't know what show goats were. Mm-hmm. And the guy who was buying my lambs says, "Oh, this guy who works for me's got show goats." So we went and got a red one and a black one, and. That's what she showed that year. What year was that? Uh, golly. Maybe maybe five? I don't know. Somewhere in there. I'm not real sure. Mm-hmm. But it was It was a long time ago. Yeah. So you, what'd you do with those guys? Take them home? Break yeah. them to a... We took them to barely. San Angelo and they drug me. The <laughs> <laughs> they were way bigger than she was. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a very good experience. So, I mean, it kind of didn't so, go great, but... No, well, it didn't. And, uh, and then... And so so after that, we uh, we started trying a little a little different, but we could never get into anybody's picks. Mm-hmm. So so uh, Miles was our county agent at that time, and he he helped us try to find a few goats here and there to put together, and and he uh, he he kind of pointed us to Irby's. Irby Chandler's goats, okay. and uh, one year we had she had a showed three or four goats from Irby that she had tons of success with. Mm-hmm. So you were showing weathers right off the bat. So when did yeah. you make the decision to kind of raise some of these yourself? Uh, you know, it was what in uh, I don't know when it was ninety eight or so, mm-hmm. something like that. Earlier, yeah. And. Uh, just kind of thought, hey, we can probably do this ourselves, or were you just you know, yeah, it, it was kind of a natural fit with what we did, and mm-hmm. we we thought, you know, surely if we can find the females, we can. It, it wasn't it wasn't nearly like it is today, you yeah. know. It the goats didn't have any meat in them, and so if you found something that could put something special in them, you could go a long way. Mm-hmm. So at that point, like if if I'm looking at you know, say the sheep industry today. And if I want to be like, you know, I'm gonna go buy some ewes and I'm gonna try and raise the best ones I can. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of people you have to be better than to even get close. But that, <laughs> at that point, did you kind of see it as the goats? You know, these are kind of wide open. You know, I think there's still a lot 
Yeah, at, at, at that point, you didn't know if they were going to judge on the boar characteristics, if they were going to judge on color, on meat, on, you know, what color of ribbon the kid had in their hair. I mean, it was just so wide open and very, you didn't really know. It, it took four or five years for them to kind of narrow it down some, and it's, it, uh, yeah, it's been very interesting, but. Changed a lot since then? Just a touch. Just a touch. So at that point in 98, did all the Texas majors have market goat shows, or which ones did? I don't think they did. Uh, I know San Angelo did. That was kind of right as they were getting going, just mm -hmm. as the, like the junior meat goat circuit was just getting started. And, so there were shows and to go was, to, but maybe there, there were a no. There were a few, but, you know, once – once we kind of got into the goats, yeah, there there we were gone somewhere every weekend. Once okay. once she started showing. So what was the you know everyone has that first year that they're like you said you kind of have to figure it out and you know make the mistakes and you're probably not going to win. Mm -hmm. How soon after that did you guys kind of get a hang of it and be like okay this is what we're <laughs> supposed to do with these or how did you make yourselves competitive I guess? Which by by just going. Just learning. Just going yeah I remember the. The first show that she made the cut on, made the pull on, was, uh, you know, that was that was up there real close to being as exciting as the first time she won Houston, or the only time she won Houston. But mm -hmm. That was a very exciting day for us. It's, uh, uh, you know, I guess the further you go, your goals change and, yeah. you know, your, your expectations change. What were your guys' goals with the, the goats you're raising at that point? I guess I guess 1999. What were just trying to be competitive? Yeah. You know, uh, we were we were still learning. There were there was a lot that we didn't know. It was just dumb luck, and mm -hmm. uh, we were fortunate in that uh, we we're good friends with our vet, and he happened to live next door to us, and uh, he. He had a he had a few boar goats. They were in fairly early, mm -hmm. and uh, he had uh, he had gone and learned to flush uh, angoras for, for back whenever the mohair was big, mm -hmm. and so he was he was flushing some of the some of his boar goats, and so we partnered up with him. I furnished the recipes, and he furnished the, the donors, and we would split them mm -hmm. and. That one day, whenever we split those goats, that was the that was one of the most fun days of the year. Really? Yeah, yeah. How'd it go? We split them the doe, uh, weathers and the does, and we would we would flip to see who chose first, and uh, we would just choose one and one, and it was a very entertaining entertaining day. For sure. Yeah. So I mean, a lot, there's a lot of people, you know that that do this and, and they learned how to how to view them from from a mentor or from an ag teacher a lot of them they're you know they're people that were just around you know at that time the goats like you said they're fairly new there was there was a bunch of different directions they could go what were you picking them off of because you know at that point there wasn't five majors with five judges that wanted market animals like yes, you, like you said yes, so what were you yeah. kind of going for in those early days of just trying to improve trying to just our, our our goal was trying to get the muscle on them, yeah. and you know we we gave up a lot to try to get there, yeah. but uh, that that was that was just uh, 
as 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 kind, yeah as 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 simple as I think that uh, to me that the the muscle is what you eat, and I try always try to pertain or make it go back to uh, the commercial. So uh, so 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 that that meat we can eat. All the look and all the pretty and the the way they walk and all that is, I totally get how that's important. But whenever you get right down to it, for me, it's the meat. For sure. I mean, especially when the animal you're looking at isn't pretty and maybe isn't doesn't even walk good and doesn't have mm-hmm. any muscle. I mean, you have to start mm-hmm. with something yeah. and make that good before yeah. you can just have so. you know progressive change. I guess. Yeah. That's, uh-huh. right? yeah, that's a good. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. So started with the muscle, and I mean, what did you focus on first? I mean, because you can make them big wrapped, you can make them big loined, and or big butted. So, well, uh, to jump ahead a few years, we were fortunate enough. Uh, uh, Mike Kelly told me about uh, a buck that Joe Raff had that that we were needing to get a little more meat in our goats. So, mm-hmm. I went up there, and, and he had two or three bucks to look at, and uh, the the one that I liked a lot that I couldn't afford. So I, t- I took the 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 other one that was pretty thick that that I liked, but you know he didn't stand out that much. But mm-hmm. but it he he turned out to put that huge rack, and it was it was just a freak that mm-hmm. in those days they didn't goats didn't have racks, much less big racks. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it was Mozart, and and uh, he yeah. he did uh, tremendous things for us. So you, how old was, was he a yearling when you bought him? Or, or it was like four months. Four months. Four okay. months. So you owned him outright the whole time yeah. he existed? Yeah. Wow. So when, you, when we're talking about just, you know, genetics or, or discussions about whether genetics, people, you know, I've noticed that will completely typecast, for lack of a better word, an entire doe flock or family and just call them Mozart does. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they might not, Mozart be, might be five generations away. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, exactly. Yeah, so exactly. widely spread that. Yeah. You know, and, and the funny part about that is for like the first three or four years, we never let any genetics out. Yeah. And uh, finally we started using him whenever we were doing our flushes with our friend, the vet, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he started selling some, some, uh, some of the offsprings. And so shortly after that, we started putting some out also. Yeah. So what year did you buy Mozart? I think it was 2001, maybe, 2000, 2000, 2001. I think he was born in 2001. I think that's when it was. Okay. So how would you use him? Did you just read everything to him? Everything. Every, okay. <laughs> we found that after you got your fourth shot of him in there, that was a little too much. <laughs> so, so we backed out from How there. could you tell it was too much? What was... They got pretty plain. They got pretty plain. They got okay. pretty plain, and and I didn't really know where to go from there, so we we switched. And, sure. I mean, we still use Mozart, but we we yeah, I mean, you we back we backed out we backed out of him some. So when you're just trying to make just good change every year, you you, know, you can't keep all your females, you know. Mm-hmm. And how did what would you what were those? I gotta say three main things that your doe kids you know had to have that you were gonna keep around. Or the, the most important things to you? Well, the touch for me, the, the touching them was the the most important part. Because especially when they're small, I always thought that you could evaluate a small animal better with your hands than you can your eyes. Now, once they get to be a few months old, maybe that changes. But a real small one, I think, if they 
if you can feel it and they have it, you can, you can, make with, with, through your feed program, you can change a lot of the other. Okay. So would you make, like, sorting decisions when they were very little and, and all that? Kind of, kind of through the process, you know, if something stood out really small, we would, we would notate it and, and uh, you know, through two or three times throughout their growth cycle, if, if something really stood out, we would make notes. And then basically after that, we would just at weaning time is when we would cut them. So at this point, you're just raising goats for y'all as a family to show, or were you having sales and stuff? No, it was, it was, it was started for us whenever we could take, put some in the sale. That was a big deal. And, uh, you know, we sold a four or five for $150 and thought we'd had a really good day. And for show goats? For show goats. And so, uh, but, but I mean. Compared to sale barn at that time, what was, what was the difference? It's probably double. I mean, that's. Yeah, it was. For starters, was, I mean, that's. Yeah, make, make yeah I mean, yeah. No, nobody knew, knew our name or about our goats or anything. Well, I mean, we we're just trying to get them out there. Mm -hmm. How many head did you have, I guess, around that time? Oh, at that time, you know, as far as raising the show stuff, probably 30 or so. Oh, okay, so just, just pretty small. It, yeah, it was fairly small then. And then as we grew, we were, we were just raising them out in the pasture for the most part, mm -hmm. except for the full bloods. And uh, so it was, it, was, it was a different thing. So you said you used Mozart for four, four years and, you know, I guess, bring him back to his daughters and... Pretty much, yeah. So what did those look like compared to, say, the whole doe family you had before he even showed up? Uh, they were pretty small framed, you know, th thick kind of. Modern. They, they very, yeah, modern's a nice way to put it. Mm -hmm. But uh, they, were, they, were, they were thick. He did a lot of really good stuff for us. Mm -hmm. But our, it was real easy for us to look very small in the class because they would be so dense that they couldn't stand up with those others. And mm -hmm. that, that, that was one of the hardest thing to do was get better scale in our goats. Just make them balance better. I mean, yeah. cause you have full bloods and they're, I mean, they're approximately Spanish goats and Nubians at that time. So they, I don't mm -hmm. imagine they were tiny. Mm -hmm. They were kind of quite tall and flatter and yeah. Did it help, yeah. did it help you stand out or give you an advantage that way that you were maybe more moderate at that time or not really? You know, it didn't. It didn't necessarily hurt of, of the of the major shows that she won. I think all of them, but one, her goat weighed eighty nine pounds, okay. which was which was back in a time when they were normally use one hundred and twenty five. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, what was your next buck move after Mozart? I mean, you had a you had a doe flock that were all bred the same. At yeah, point. yeah, yeah. And and I'll I'll go back a little bit in that whenever. Uh, we were breeding with with our, our vet uh, it was kind of back in the time of Oscar and, and some friends of ours over in Sanderson owned part of a Oscar mm -hmm. and he worked for them and so he he was able to buy some Oscar sons and that's kind of what a lot of our stuff in the beginning kind of flowed back through okay. and so uh, uh, fast forward a few years uh, after we got the next buck after Mozart, uh, we were we were very thankful. Mike Kelly uh, was gracious enough to uh, let us 
take a uh, handful of nanny kids up there to breed to uh, one or two of his, two of his little buck kids that he had, and I I forget the the name of the the one. I mean, it was one of his high. Uh, his high ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of his real popular bucks, and the other one turned out to be nine hundred. Oh, really? So, uh, uh, but it was he was nine hundred before he was nine hundred. I mean, so he was he was he's a buck kid. Oh, wow. Yeah. And anyway, we were able to raise six twelve out of that. Okay. And so he was the he was our next main main thing that moved things. Mm-hmm. I so think what? I think he was, or have I got my have I got my numbers messed up? Yeah. Okay. So what that so what did what did those guys kind of bring to the table? Those those bucks into your into your doe family? How did they Okay, so so uh, um it, it's my understanding that that 900 went back to Colt mm-hmm. and Colt came out of a stallion. Mm-hmm. And Oscar was out of Sir and the Sir stallion thing really Oh, so it kind of lined it up. Uh, yeah, it, it, it you know, it it was just dumb luck actually, but mm-hmm. uh but and I guess we ought to thank uh, Charles Turner very much for that. <laughs> there you go. He was he was always very good to us. So did you continue to do some genetic business with Mike after that? You know, for, for a little bit we didn't. Uh, uh, we sold. We we got to sell up there in his sale a year or two, and uh, you know then our we just kind kind of moved on. We yeah. we got big enough to where we were able to do our own thing. Yeah. And, uh, from yeah. what I understand, I mean, he was pretty frugal with what he genetics he let out. And, and Ex- extremely, I mean, it, he was very gracious yeah. to allow us to do that because I don't. Uh, do yeah, yeah, and I, and I, uh, I, I'm so appreciative Super. that he did that because he certainly didn't have to. Yeah, yeah that was so nice. So your goats are getting better. You're getting. You're starting to line some stuff up and, and see some consistency. What was the first year that you guys just really just kind of just worked for you, I guess. I don't... First I don't, time you won Houston? 2001. 2001. Yeah, that's when she won 20 Houston. years ago, Dick. <laughs> 20 years ago? <laughs> 20 years ago. Jeez. So three years in. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's So what, what would that one... Would that would have been a Mozart or... No, so no, it was... Uh, it would have been out of the Oscar stuff. Wow. Who judged? Do you remember? Vance Christie. Vance, Vance Christie. Christie. Yeah. Still judging. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So what was what was after that? Did, was it pretty consistent success, or did you guys kind of have to still fight for it till you got done? No, we still had to, we still had a few struggles. Yeah. Yeah. Learning along the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean, today, the showing of animals. There's a million different things. One of them is you know exercise and perfecting the feed and and all that. How did you guys kind of get that down, or was it just? feeding goats at that point just getting them fat or was there really science there you know for for us it wasn't necessarily the science it was just a good good feed and uh we were fortunate enough to uh get to show in a county that that uh, had a lot of uh, very active people mainly in the sheep feeding part and so uh they helped quite a bit our, our county agents were very involved uh, we a little bit later on, as she got older, uh, uh, we we had uh, friends that helped so much, especially with the feeding part. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, when did you guys start? You know, take like say you, you know the first time you took goats to sales and were like, holy smokes, like maybe we should stop letting Allie show some of these good ones. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did that ever, did that ever happen? I mean, would, or was it always just a we're, we're going to raise these so we can show them? Kind no, of? It, it, that the reason we raised them was for her to show, mm -hmm. and and the the others uh, we we tried to keep. Well, you you never know, but tried to keep the best prospects for bucks, mm -hmm. and uh, you know when then. Man, we did have some nice sales before she graduated, but the majority of the sales came afterwards. So I'm going to butt in, Jake. So in 2005, I was a junior in high school, and he sold the Grand and Reserve at Houston, and I was fourth. 2005? Yes. That was very nice of him. No. So did, 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 were those even on your radar? Or did they kind of just come out of nowhere? You're like, oh my gosh, these are like... Well, it was at the time, it was two of the best feeders going. Keith Turner was on one of them with Haley. You have to find a picture. No, I no, have them. No, no, no it, it wasn't like, Keith. So it was Keith's, um, Haley's sister, sister Bonnie, Bonnie Sue, Sue oh, okay. showed it. Yeah. And then, but Keith and Haley helped them a whole lot mm -hmm. and was feeding. And then Billy Del Renfro's daughter, Kelby, was on the other one. And they were both two feeders that were hard to beat and they took our goats and ran with them, and we couldn't touch them. We were fourth. Yeah. That's like a punch and a, and a hug. I, mean, like, I, I was so mad I couldn't see straight. He was the happiest man on the planet. I was the only one at the drive to watch it. She used to not. Oh, man. That's, I bet that was good for business, though. It didn't hurt a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. Grand and reserve. But she didn't have that bad a year that year though, because she yeah. had a reserve cross. So, but she didn't have grand and reserve. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I went once at that point. So you were, you were showing sheep too. You guys were doing good with sheep and and all that. Were you just showing finals, or did you ever get into the blacks? I crosses. Just just current crosses. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So what did you want to do? Or did you want to stay home and raise livestock and, and do all this for the rest of your life? Or did you want to go Absolutely not. You want to go to college and get out of here? <laughs> yeah, no, I was ready to go. I was, uh, I was done. I don't even think I went to a goat cell for two or three years after I graduated high school. A little burned out? A little burned out. And that was when he was selling for big money and they yeah. were a lot of fun and I was nowhere to be seen. So that first year, I guess, that she was done showing in Texas, uh -huh. what was the plan there? Like... Some just goats. sell some goats, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you were this wasn't your main deal. You no, 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 time. not not by any means. But in fact, it, it was a hobby that that kind of ran amok. And and uh, by the I don't remember what year it was, but kind of the the year before we split it up, it it uh, it just consumed all every bit of my time, mm -hmm. and I was having a hard time getting my other things done. Yeah. So without your daughter, what, you know, she was in college, she was away, and mm -hmm. you were raising goats. What? You still loved it. You're oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would. Whenever, after a couple of years into her summer shows and all that, you know, I was, I was hooked. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, how many does did you have at that point? I guess. You know, I, I, we probably got up to 300, 350 wow. does or so. So, did you have sales here or? Angelo, how'd you get? Yeah, uh, we 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 always we we did have a sale in Ozona, and then we'd have uh, some sales down. We'd have a sale in Comfort, and a sale in Kerrville, and New Braunfels, and that those were the main sales that we had each year. Mm -hmm. There you go. So was it pretty? How how was that success? You know, after after she was done, did you kind of keep it rolling and? 
just keep getting better and, and progressing? Or? Yeah, well, or I think we did. I, I mean, uh, kind of our, our next big change after after Mozart in 612, you know, they were all big muscle sheep or goats, and, and uh, but they were both still moderate, and the, the goats were getting a lot of luck by that time, and mm-hmm. Glenn, Glenn had those beautiful goats, and, and we, we still had pretty slab-sided goats, and anyway, uh, Irby had bought a couple of those bucks that, that Glenn sold, they were survivor and payday out of that kind of that, I don't know how it all came together, but it was with the, with, with the Rolex deal. Oh, okay, okay, Glenn, I wasn't sure if you're talking about Glenn Martin. Or yeah, Glenn I'm, so, I'm sorry, Glenn Hutto. Okay. Yeah, 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 no, the uh, the, the Rolex, in, anyway, he bought survivor and payday, and uh, we ended up raising a couple of bucks out of those, okay. and, and uh, they... They they gave us a lot nicer rib, mm-hmm. and uh, that that was a big step for us. I'm sure at that point, like your dozer probably had a lot of muscle. Yeah, they, mean, that's we, we that yeah we were pretty no, pretty known for having meat. We may not have had a lot of things, but we normally had meat. Though. Yeah. So the next step for you is you know, improving the rib designs and mm-hmm. and all that. What else? What else did you kind of feel like you needed to to stay on top? At that point. Improving our scale. I mean, we, we were we were still very moderate in size, and we were that that would that that's been the thing that took us the longest. Golly, I think it was. I don't remember what year it was, but it was probably somewhere 2009 or so before we ever won a heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. You know, we we always we always were had a lot of luck in the light divisions and the middle divisions but usually by by the end of the first day we were through we could go home, go home yeah quit, quit. <laughs> we didn't have to show up for the second day <laughs> there you go yeah so you're you got 300 does your your daughter's off in college and you guys you know you guys are doing pretty good you know you've yeah. always kind of had that that staple name you know being show goats and mm-hmm. and so when at that that point I know there's a there's a sellout that happens but were you very frugal with your genetics at this point or are you selling bucks to people or you know we we were selling a few but it not not a whole lot but yeah. we but we we did have a few bucks out there now that I think about it mm-hmm. so let's talk about David Garrett a little bit because uh-huh, you, uh-huh. you guys are partners right? yeah 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 Today. yeah yeah he was a uh, he was he was the one uh, a lifesaver whenever he came along because I was extremely burnt out and and uh, so anyway we ended up moving all the goats over there except for like about twenty or so mm-hmm. I think I kept twenty at home and moved them over there and uh, started started doing doing that over there and he mm-hmm. he uh, made made the goat deal fun again for me yeah. So just burnt out, just kind of had too much on your plate with them, and it was just just heavy. nonstop. I mean, in uh, this, it doesn't pro- probably doesn't sound real good, but I'm not all that much of a people person, and so we were having to do a lot of sales at the, you know, at the ranch and in, per- and in person, and that was eating up so much time, mm-hmm. and uh, it. Uh, and they call you every day until they're done yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and and and. Uh, 
it's it's fun learning all these things from the people from the different regions and uh but it's 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 hard to stay hooked whenever you got 10 other things that you have sure. to be doing so so david was you know we, we talked about it in his podcast but he was raising sheep uh-huh and he said you had no idea that he had sold out none but none whatsoever so how did you kind of come so, up with so i'm i'm uh, i'm uh, made a comment about you know it would be really cool to just be able to take 20 and start over Mm -hmm. and he he took it from there and ran with it really yeah i mean david's a people person very much yes (laughs) very much i bet that was that worked out pretty good for you guys it did it did so a little uh a little whenever uh that I, I spoke about that eighty-five oh four buck mm-hmm. earlier. That it was it was out of a doe that we bought from a pal Homan in a sale there in El Dorado, mm-hmm. and um, I don't remember what you like two thousand six or so somewhere around there. And uh, anyway, I, I I had spent way too much on this doe before I knew what it was going on. And uh, anyway, come to find out. The guy running me, or not running me, that's bidding against me on it was uh, David Garrett. I didn't know him at that time. Mm -hmm. But uh, so fast forward 10 years or whatever, and uh, he gets gets every bit of the use of that doe that he ran me on. (laughs) I mean, it was was one of our premier bucks of that time. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he, uh, so I thought that was, that was kind of a need aside thinking back on things after time yeah how, how yeah. small the world exactly exactly full, full circle i guess right? exactly so you, you and david are still in partnership today i mean you yeah, look at those yeah. online sales at such strength being mm-hmm. so i mean from what i've seen that that group of doves that he got and and so many people be like i'll be like what's that one out of an old bean doe an old bean doe like still making freaks mm. like my one of my favorite does that i own is that i got it from steve and she was uh-huh. out of an old bean doe uh-huh. Uh-huh. so um that's wh- cool why do you think those those does just still work so long is it just kind of their bread or just maybe consistency behind them or? you know I, I don't know the answer to that I, I know that they were they were bred very tight in the beginning and mm-hmm. not not a not a terrible lot of outside blood came in but we did we did inject some, but it. Uh, I guess as as time went on, it, it was really hard to find what you needed to inject. So mm-hmm. we we had to start trying to buy does outside and figure out how to make our own. And, and so, bring in some outcrosses. And yeah, try trying to get some outcross in that way. Yeah. So that, that flock of 20 that you said you kept, uh-huh. what are those uh-huh. doing right now? Or, or how, what's, what's that project look like? <laughs> well, most of those 20 ended up back over at Davis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you take care of anything? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but having gone through that, we got a we got a neat little set going now. I think that we're we're pretty high on. So, you got some grandkids so. too? Oh yeah, yeah. That's what it's all about now. We tried to fade out and grandkids came along and so now we're trying to work our way back into it to some degree. So, so how different It's fun. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So how different is the ranch from when Allie left to right now? It's still kinda of similar as a whole, just cattle and 
and all that? Uh, no, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just cattle and sheep still basically, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's not anywhere near the same as what it was when she left. It's it, uh, you know, but but we have been able to incorporate a lot. You know, mm-hmm. Alexandra and Chase raise uh, raise the blacks, mm-hmm. and and uh, we've tried to raise a few darpers over the years, and so uh, all that flows right into our ranching stuff pretty well, and we. We are, we're able to raise our own recips and stuff like that. And so, uh, well, it, it's just a totally different beast now than what it was, but we're still working with sheep and goats and cattle. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's what brings us joy. What's your, what's your favorite part about waking up every morning, coming to work, and spending the whole day with your whole family? You know, that... that <laughs> Is that a good now, thing? <laughs> it, no, it, it really is. Yeah. My, my favorite part is watching them learn. Yeah. Because it's uh, it, it's it's just a real blessing to get to see them learn and watch them watch them mature and what they do and how they do it. Mm-hmm. Sure. So you mentioned dorpers. Mm-hmm. So I mean, these aren't just dorpers just running around West Texas. So, I mean, you guys have won. A few like breeds and majors, and, and they're high quality. Uh-huh. So, and I've noticed there's a lot of you know original goat guys that have dorpers now, and, and they're show dorpers. I mean, Mark Glenn Martin has them. Mike Kelly ended up with some. Pal Holman raises mm-hmm. some goats now. Mm-hmm. What uh, how, when how did that get started? And was it always a plan to make them show stock? You know, no. I guess in the back of my head, I thought that maybe it might happen, but. But we, we changed all of our ram, our commercial rambolets. We bred out into darpers, and and uh, so trying to trying to find enough bucks to do all this, I couldn't necessarily go out and buy. So I, I had a few full blood ewes, and I went over to Johnny Powell's, and I would buy some bucks. And uh, at that time, I. I after having gone through the early stages of the goat deal, you know, I at least wanted them to be square in their loin and have meat in them, you know, mm-hmm. have, I know we don't have the the biggest muscle darpers in the world by any means, but I'd like to think most of them square up whenever they meet your hand. And mm-hmm. that, that was something we paid attention to early on just in case that the show goat, I mean, the show darper deal did come about so so most of our most of our ewes even now are you know they were bred that way yeah wow yeah did you guys ever go out and find like weathered dorper genetics along the way or were there no not really not not really we wow yeah we've never we we have we have bought outside bucks but uh most of most of what we bought is through that sale that they had down there in fredericksburg and other than that we, we bought we bought bucks from Johnny for several years, and through that sale in Fredericksburg, we ended up with a, a, a Brad Raider buck that we used for a year or so, and then we we, uh, we did buy a buck or two from Sharon. Mm-hmm. Really? Huh? Willie. Willie, that's right, Willie. <laughs> and then. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, that's 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 hard to do f- to make a entire flock from something you started as commercial. Yeah, then that, that's, that's just with just selection and selection and selection, and then uh, you know you go this way and 
you fall in love with those, and then next year you think, wow, those are not very good. Look at these. <laughs> so it's fun. How many Dorpers are you running out here now? You know, as far as the, the trying to raise for show animals, we only – I guess we probably have about 60 of the DARPers, mm-hmm. but we flushed 10 or 12 of them, I guess. How many commercial? Is there a big amount of commercial DARPers? Uh, well, it's it's kind of split with the commercial DARPers, and there there's two or three different kind of breeds mm-hmm. that we have out there, but, you know, we got a couple of thousand of them. Maybe, oh, my so. gosh. I think this place is a lot bigger than I think it. Well, most <laughs> most of them aren't at this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's crazy. Yeah. So um, you live in Angelo today, and you yeah. commute to work every day. Oh yeah. What's um, what's the next ten years look like for you guys over here? What you think your plan is? Oh, I don't know. I see my grandkids get older and enjoy. Oh yeah. Enjoy watching what they do. Mm-hmm. Seeing them experience life. They're showing. I mean, you guys have done well, and you're getting competitive. And you like going to they, shows with them and stuff. You know, uh, I like hearing how they do. <laughs> I like hearing how they do. <laughs> I, uh, I, get, I like to see the pictures and hear the stories. And but I'll, I'll stay home and feed. Yeah. When's the last time you went to a Texas major? Oh, to a Texas major. No. Well, yeah, to Fort Worth. I go to Angelo oh, okay. occasionally, but. But uh, yeah, we went to Fort Worth what, last year, year four last. I got you. I think that's it. Jake, thank you. That was fun. That was really fun. I think it was it was better than you thought. Yeah. Yeah. You, you weren't boring at all. I, I only talked one time. I was afraid I was going to have to talk a lot. I think you talked one time. <laughs> <laughs> you tried. Welcome back to Legendary Mindset. I uh, really hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Douglas. Douglas is just a really down to earth. Nice guy, super easy to get along with. He's extremely humble, um, so I just I definitely enjoyed my time there interviewing him. He made it really easy for me. Uh, but don't forget to like our Facebook page, Legendary Mindset with Jake P, and our Instagram page, Legendary Mindset Pod, uh, for more content every week.